0: general
1: nerdery my brain is tired and i crave sleep but uh it's podcasting time friends so here we are let's see how this turns out is sleep the fifth element i meant to actually start that with my brain is mush and i declare sleep so that desire let's see i can do this my brain is tired my brain is mush and i desire sleep it only took me four tries that's a great sign for how this episode's (laughs) going to go uh, welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Stephen. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm Stephen. <laughs> Y'all know who Stephen he, is. He's at Here this most point. of the time. Yeah, though. I don't
2: even know what to say. <laughs> I feel like my uh, stowaway
1: privileges are starting to creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, how do we do this podcast? Oh, what have we been ingesting? <laughs> Oh, God, now I have to remember what I've been ingesting. It, we've only been doing this podcast for, like,
2: four years. I can go first if you want me to. Please. Uh, I've just been watching a bunch of movies lately, mostly horror, Um, a couple random rom-coms. I watched uh,
1: Miss Congeniality and uh, Sweet Home Alabama yesterday for... Mm. God, I don't think I've seen... I watched Miss Congeniality on the way to, like, a Boy Scout bus, like, Boy Scout camp on the bus, like... That's the one VHS they had, so like... Of those two movies, it did not hold up as well as Sweet Home Alabama, which I was surprised by. I don't think I've ever even seen that one. Uh, It's really good.
0: Huh, interesting. I do love Miss Congeniality. Uh, A lot of just kind of like
2: very low-hanging fruit jokes, and a lot of just like joking about body image, which it's a fucking comedy, a romantic comedy about of FBI agent going undercover at a fucking beauty pageant. Of course it's going to have that. But
1: in like, the 90s. In the 90s. That really needs to be uh, reinforced. Early
2: 2000s. <laughs> really? Okay. 2000 exactly. Um, so, super early 90s, yeah. so super early 2000s. So super early 2000s. A bunch of horror movies. I watched through the first two Hellraiser movies. I Sweet. hadn't seen the second one. I don't think they're for me. I think they're very incredibly well constructed and great practical effects,
1: but not for me. Are you doing the horror movie every day? For
2: I was going to try, but I'm just watching a bunch of horror movies at this point. I'm, oh, I'm too fucking lazy this month, this year. <laughs> but I watched uh, Carrie, Carrie Two, The Rage, or The Rage Carrie Two. Rage Carrie a Two. Yep.
1: Carrie movie. Um, yeah, <laughs>
2: it's bad.
0: It's not. It's terrible. I enjoyed it more than Carrie. It's. A funner watch than Carrie. Yes. Um,
2: yes. But I I realize I I don't care for the first Carrie movie, the Brian De Palma Carrie movie. Mm. It m- might be my least favorite Brian De Palma movie. I like that one or when you actually get into the prom. Yeah, like th- there's some really good bits in it, but it's overall like very weird. I've been watching the Candyman series. I am in the middle of Day of the Dead, but I watched the first one. And then,
1: what is it? You're the Flesh, or Festival of the Flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, a horror movie about Day of the Dead seems really odd to me, if you pay any attention to what Day of the Dead is about. There's a lot of really odd horror movies,
2: if you actually you, pay Okay, attention. yes. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> yes, and in this, it's also the third in the Candyman franchise, which is, the more they go, the fucking weirder its story becomes of, like...
1: Isn't that Tony Todd is the guy? Yes. I yeah. fucking love Tony Todd. And he
2: is the best part of all three of them. Yes. Um uh, <laughs> but
1: I can't see him as anything as other than Worf's brother from Star Trek the Next Generation. He's playing an artist who is painting a woman
2: who he has an affair with. Well, it's not even an affair because they're both like single. It's only an affair in that like his dad her dad says no, not going to happen. I'm going to cut off your hand. And get a mob together and we're going to cut off your hand and then like cover you in honey and let bees destroy you so that you look real fucked up so that you, my daughter will never want to fuck you again. And then he somehow comes back as a urban legend ghost, like a Bloody Mary type figure. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's literally the part I knew about it. That's it. That's like, that's all three of them. Yep. Second one's in New Orleans. Third one's in LA. I haven't seen the newest one yet. I'm The newest one's fun. I'm very excited
1: to get into it. Is it Um, still Tony Todd? He it's 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 complicated.
2: Okay, I've it's been spoiled for me that he's apparently somewhat in it. I don't know in what context. I just know he is in it. (laughs) It could be he's a fucking background extra in like a dinner scene where he's there at a restaurant and it's like, oh hey, there's Tony Todd in the back. For all I fucking know, Um, I'm hoping it's that level because. But also, if he's back as
0: Candyman, fuck yes. But it's mostly. Uh, Black Mana.
1: Oh, okay. I can't think of that actor's name, but... He's, yeah, I don't uh, know why
0: I'm blanking on it right now either, but... I don't know it either. He was also in the HBO Watchmen series, as... I'm not going to say it. That's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, I also
2: watched The Endless after uh, a recommendation from uh, Fried Squirms, um, uh, which very much fucking loved. Very enjoyed that a lot. Um, uh, I had already seen a movie they had made before called Spring, and want to check out more of their stuff now.
1: Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second.
2: That's it. Sorry, it was just gonna bug me. Uh thank you for looking that up because uh none of us were gonna guess that. <laughs> uh, and that's about it. I like uh, I've watched a couple other things. Um oh I watched Totally Killer, that new uh new Amazon uh, Oh. Back to the Future Meets uh slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Um Girl. Her mom was a final girl, essentially in the eighties, essentially. oh, I heard of this, and gets killed in her current time, and then her friend's building a time machine and she ex like is trying to escape from this murderer and goes back in time and meets her parents and changes stuff it's It's really funny, it's fun it's a good, good horror comedy
0: um and that's what I've ingested. I have. I have very so, little. I was about to say, I have so little this time around now that I've like been sitting here thinking about it. Oh, like, I got one more. Yeah. I'm nearly done with Chuck. Oh, I know sweet. I've talked about that the last
2: time I was on. How far are you in season five? I'm in season five. We're in the last three or four episodes.
1: Oh, so when it's just going to really go off the rails.
2: It's already started to go off the rails. It's just like, who the fuck is this guy you just <laughs> set up is supposed to be like the big bad we've known about the
0: entire time. Yeah. They season five is an experience. Yeah. No, uh, my last couple weekends have been a lot busier than they usually are, so I have, like, I don't know, I watched one more episode of Ahsoka so far, still have kind of the same opinion about it, like, I enjoyed
1: watching it, but I can't tell you a fucking thing that happened in that episode. How far in are you? Two episodes. Oh, yeah, okay. It is, I think, episode four, where it really is like, alright, let's get fucking going, and I mean, I was invested earlier, because again, Rebels, but... I've watched uh, the first three episodes of the latest
0: season of Lower Decks twice because I watched it the first time and laughed really hard and then
1: forgot what happened except for Moopsie. Uh, that's because Moopsie is one of the best things to ever happen in Lower Decks. Also, the name of that episode is I Have No Bones Yet I Must Flee. Yes. That's the most perfect name of an episode of a show ever, particularly a Star Trek show. Oh, that's such a good play on that reference. Yes. I love
2: that.
1: Otherwise, that's it's a really like... fucked
0: up short story if you've never read it. What's the... Oh, it's... Too... I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream is one of the most horrifying things I've ever read. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's really unsettling.
1: See, I had not even heard of that. It just comes across as a fucking, like, weirdo old school Star Trek title that's always just, like... Flowers of Algernon in the past are blooming or something. Like, I made that up, but it's not as far off as you would think it would be. Like, oh, no,
0: it's it's like a, AI becomes a cybernetic god because it becomes in so big of control of, like, everything and has, like, a handful of humans that it's kept alive to be its playthings.
1: Oh, so Badgie's plan.
0: It's real fucked up. It's real fucked up. Um, Like, yeah, it's... Yeah. I don't like thinking about that story that much. It's that fucking Okay. Up. Moving on. <laughs> okay. I just like Moopsy.
1: Really? That's where we're at. That's,
0: um, grinding a lot. I-, I love the game. I beat through the story mode and the new mortal Kombat. I love a lot of the things they did, but now that I'm actually trying to like unlock things for characters, the game fucking blows guys. Like they expect you to play so much to get basic shit. Oh it's yeah, you were telling us about off. this
1: last week when we came by.
0: So there's there's an exploit you can do in like the season mode, the where there's like a a fight where it's three fights in one. You have like one timer, but it's supposed to be like cuz it's there's a story attached. So there's like these two students attacking you and then like the teacher basically. Uh-huh. And so the students just because of the The stage design, they have much lower health and it happens super early on in the story. So even if you get like halfway through and come back to that level, it's super easy to destroy them because they have like super low health and shit. So you just like max out your season stats, which is super easy to do. And you can go back and go through that level in under 40 seconds. And each time you kill one of them it counts as its own separate win and you can one shot them so that counts as a flawless victory and you get the bonus points for that and as long as you hit that final uppercut you can usually end up with a brutality so you get the bonus points for that
1: so i it's have a great way to farm but it's well yeah um, we each... watched you do this
2: uh, for a little bit you you ran through that like a lot and in... Not a lot of time.
0: Each character has 35 mastery levels. I'm up to 30 with smoke. I have close to a thousand flawless victories. Oof. That is a fucking grind. So they need to rebalance this. Yes, that's fucked. Okay. Otherwise, love the game. Is there like... But fuck the grind. There's like no other mode or other way to get like... Not that fast not even close to that fast.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I understand like creating scarcity in games and trying to like design it so that like the players have to choose how they're going to play and like literally make it so they can't get it all. And But also at the same time with this, like I get it in when you're talking like skill trees, that makes sense yeah. to me. Limiting like play styles. I've, I enjoy that. But like, when it comes to like aesthetic shit. That's too. That's dumb. That's that's fucked.
0: Yeah, I had to get to level eighteen before I even got like a costume with a hood for smoke. Oh, and you really fucking hate. His, I hate his hair. hair. I hated his hair so bad. He looks like fucking K-pop member in this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's like the if they rebalance like the the XP that you get. Some love the game. Great, good to go. And I don't even mind if they make it a bit of a grind because they're expecting you to play across multiple seasons, and I understand that game plan. But
1: but this is too much this of a is grind. Way yeah. too much.
0: I got bored watching you do
1: this. <laughs> like yeah, the... you,
2: it got pretty repetitive pretty quickly. Of like you were just one shot, one shot, uppercut.
1: That just makes me stop playing. I'm not. I mean, I'm also a pretty casual gamer.
2: So yeah, and I I get the grind in that. Like I did the fucking power grinding, level grinding, in Pokemon Go of like. Double XP evolution nonsense with the three candy evolution, like Pidgey bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had fucking two, three hundred Pidgeys that I would evolve in an hour just to... I understand. Yeah. I'm familiar with the grind. I've done that. But fuck that. I do
1: not miss doing that. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I just had flashbacks. Um. I I know, I've given up on that. I'm
2: (laughs) nearly... Fuck, I just leveled up, actually, and I don't even remember where I'm at in Pokemon Go, but I'm... 40 plus
1: when I was like level 10 and doing that would make me gain like three levels. It was fun and worth it. Um, but other than that, I guess since you brought up Pokemon go still just a lot of monster hunter
0: now. Nice. I still haven't touched it. Um, I think I'm, I think me and Marcus are at like almost a hundred hunts together. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Love we're, that. we're, we're above 80. I know that for sure. But uh, the grind on that has been a lot of fun so far. So I'll take that. It's been great. I'm getting a lot better. I had a lot of, like, breakthroughs this weekend. Ooh, nice. Where, like, the grind just sort of paid off, and I finally, like, got some of the components I've been missing across a couple different armor sets and was just like, (laughs) woo! I am at level 47 now,
2: but, like, to get to 48, I need 21 million XP.
0: 87 hunts with Marcus.
1: I'm not... I, I don't think I'm ever getting back into Pokemon Go, as you say those words, which makes me kind of sad. Um, It's but, actually, I really think they've weighted it in a pretty well, a reasonable way.
2: It takes me several months to get to the next level at this point, And I'm casually playing, like I'm not not grinding for levels and trying to like get there. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's really extended like late game interest for me. Which
1: was a hard thing with Pogo. Yeah, um, no. But I will I...
2: say, I have consistently been playing. I dropped off for like a year. A little bit of a year, like, a little less than a year after a year or so into the uh, original play, but that I've been playing consistently since. If you haven't been playing and trying to get back in, I feel like it's going to be a fucking nightmare.
1: Yep, that's where I'm at. That's really... Overwhelming
2: amount of, like, special field research and shit that's just, like, new that you don't know about.
1: That is fun, though, when you do the, like, I catch one Pokemon and I upgrade, like, six different, like, researches. like, ooh, look at that. (laughs) I'm fucking great at this game, apparently. Good point. But it does. Yeah. Both of these things are true. Then you start thinking
0: about how far that means you're behind and you're like, no.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that too. Uh, Yeah. I haven't done much this last couple of weeks either. Like it's just been a. Anytime the season change happens from like. I mean, it's even just early fall to late fall is just tough. It doesn't matter. Like, what happens? These are it's getting just... shorter. It's
2: getting colder out. I want to sleep more. I don't have time. For... I'm not getting enough sleep
1: already. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know. what?
0: I, w- I want to interrupt really quick because I was going to get some really quality gaming in the other morning. And then I- I'm only bringing this up because I want to say uh, two words. Those words are fuck Nazis because I had to hear that shit coming in through this fucking window.
1: That's fair. Uh, <sighs> if you were not from Missoula, some Apparently, Nazis decided though. It was a pretty national to... Was thing. it okay? Yeah,
2: is what I was reading.
1: So some uh, some Nazis decided to uh, protest the local Jewish community center. Yeah, I was literally sitting down to like get super
0: sweaty and snap the other morning. <laughs> God, I hate that. Dis- I'm sorry, not to just. Well, because like, cause if you hit ninety, you get the five hundred gold, right? And yeah, I'm like, I want my five hundred gold. I, I get it. I, have, I just like... hate.
1: I uh, got down to get super sweaty on Snap, so <laughs> I don't like that sentence. And I'm like, I have like two hours before Danny's gonna get here,
0: and I'm gonna help him do shit all today. And then that bullshit started coming in through this window, and I'm
1: yeah. I... So
0: fuck Nazis. I just wanted to be able to say it. Yes, please. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: we rolled by. Figuratively, not literally. Don't fuck Nazis.
1: Yeah, don't fuck
0: Nazis, but fuck Nazis. Yeah. Yes.
1: I um, <laughs> mean my buddy rolled by afterwards because there was a counter protest going on, and we wanted to, but they had left by the time I got off work.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess they moved over to reserve for the courthouse. Yeah,
1: Jesus Christ. They were, there okay. were
2: there were a couple apparently. there like they were apparently they were going on simultaneously, and I think they all just ended up at the courthouse is what I was hearing. Um, but also they were. Our local synagogue is right next to a uh, international refugee and immigrant uh, immigration
1: aid aid
2: center, um, a mm-hmm. center office. So they were there as well. So just you know, really checking off all the boxes of being fucking terrible humans. And across the street from a grade
1: school. Oh yeah. Luckily, it was a sun Saturday, so there was no one at the grade school. But still, it was just like there's too many. Yeah.
2: I wish Nazis weren't a thing.
1: Right? I will trade us losing the Indiana Jones movies for <laughs> yeah. Nazis not being a thing. I mean,
2: we still got six days, seven nights. Harrison Ford's great. He's <laughs> he's good in other stuff. We can lose those. I'm fine with that. We he got w- Blade Runner. Also, <laughs> right. Harrison Ford would be the first to lose the Indiana Jones movies for that.
1: Yeah. Let's do it. He does love playing Indiana Jones, though. So that he does, be, but also he'd if, be like, "I would do this, but I want you to know I'm still sad about it." Like, oh, I think it's because he. Mostly, I think it's
0: partially because he gets to punch Nazis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would buy him a big bag of. Is weed he for a that.
1: particularly loud anti-Nazi guy, or he's
0: not a particularly got loud guy in any? Well, in yes, thing. that's why I'm. He a lot. and Last Crusade, and is also perpetually stoned.
1: Yeah, fair. Uh,
2: one of my favorite stories about him was that he was being picked up by a driver and that he was just like, ran out to the driver, said one moment, ran back in, a few minutes later came out with like a, a a kitchen pan, like a pot with a lid on it, and he just like <laughs> opens it and just like starts taking a hit off of it because he has a bunch of weed in it that he had <laughs> heated up on the stove because he had no rolling papers or any piece. I don't know how this works. It Probably doesn't. Um, uh, I feel like you might be just, like, pseudo-vaping it at that point, but just, just... That's gotta be what it is, it's, right? It's essentially knife hits. Yeah. It's essentially knife hits, but with a fucking kitchen pot. <laughs> and I I don't know if it's true, but I really hope it's true. Because that seems like a great Harrison Ford story.
0: Well, isn't there isn't the story about, like, Mama Cass from the Mamas and the Papas? Like being super excited when star Wars hit a big, she's like, Hey, that's our weed dealer.
1: <laughs> I didn't remember who did it. I did know that story. <sighs> I do love Harrison Ford. Um, okay. My stuff though, mostly it's been, and that's why it's the hard stuff to talk about. Cause it's, always, you know, the same shit over and over again. Uh, almost done with Kim possible. Just have the final season got through the like two movies I say got through like it's a bad thing. Forgot that Michael Clark Duncan voice acts a future cyborg version of uh, Rufus the Naked Mole Rat? Oh, I forgot. No, that that's not Michael Clark Duncan. That's Michael Dorn. Michael Clark Duncan voices the future ta- badass version of Wade the Computer Guy. We
2: were just right. talking about Michael
1: Clark that's, Duncan. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking phenomenal. They get both of the awesome Michaels in the same animated. Stupid movie. It
2: is I forgot they got him to do fucking Rufus the Naked Mole rat.
0: As soon as you said that though, like that future design popped right in my head. I'm like, I remember Future Rufus.
1: Worf is future Rufus. Michael Clark Duncan is yeah. Either way, it's great. I I mean you and I were talking about this. Michael Clark Duncan is an underrated actor. Just because he's the big happy muscly guy. And I think he gets written off as that, but like,
2: I feel like he got a, a Academy non- nomination for the green mile. Did
1: he win? I'll take a look real quick, but like, okay. So yes, I mean, there's the green mile and he does amazing in that, but I think we tend to forget about that. Cause we think of him as like in daredevil where he's great or, uh, uh, in, But love, love him in fucking whole nine yards, whole nine yards or Armageddon where uh, he, he got the nom, but didn't win. Who won? Just really making him do the research here, uh, or even in the he was in the Bones spinoff, uh, The Finder, where he plays it like Bayou lawyer helping out like this dude whose job it is to just like track down weird shit. Honestly, The Finder's not a great show, but it's worth watching just for Michael Clark Duncan being Michael Clark Duncan.
2: Ooh, I and I love me a procedural of any sort. So like. If you like Bones, you'll probably like The Finder. (laughs) I really kind of liked Bones. I,
1: uh, yes. I have trouble watching Bones because it was the show that I, like, used to get through a really bad breakup. Ah. So I have, like, hardcore associations of, like, uh, a particularly I'm pathetic point of my life. But I do love it. Michael
0: Caine won for the Cider House rules that year for actor in her supporting role. Didn't see it, no, but, it but I'm not surprised.
1: It's... Michael Caine won no, this. Oh my God. It might've
2: been a, uh, a, yeah. we need to give him a fucking uh, <laughs> Academy
0: award at this point. It's weird that we haven't kind of uh, win for him as well. So green mile also came out in 99, which was one of those stacked years for oh, movies. Oh, hell yeah. It was stacked. So there was just going to be like, so, actor in supporting Were they role, it like was Michael Caine. Stuff because of this new new millennia, they just like we got to get this shit out of here. But it was like Michael Caine in House Rules, Tom Cruise at Magnolia, Michael Clark Duncan for Green Mile, Jude Law for The Talented Mr. Ripley, and Haley Joel Osment for The Sixth Sense. Fucking
1: stacked year, <sighs> Christ! That is, that's a rough. I mean, like on the one hand, you got nominated along those, you got to feel pretty good about it. But oh you're yeah, like. like Oh fuck! <laughs> it's like that's... to be
2: nominated is a truly an honor that year, and that like you're up. This against is not him, the
1: like... year where Suicide Squad won an Oscar, which I think it was for like sound design. So like even then, it's not necessarily a yeah, banding, it's te- definitely it's...
2: a technical one. But like it was still Suicide still Squad. Suicide Squad
1: was that the Jared Leto one? Yeah.
2: Oh damn, that's even worse. I the thought we were talking
1: Suicide Squad. I would fight for. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But just plain Suicide Squad. Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher Two.
0: Mm hmm.
1: <laughs> f- Polka-Polka-Dot Man? <laughs> the fucking four seconds that we get original Ratcatcher that makes me fall in love with him forever made me cry both times I've watched that movie. I go. Um. Let's see. I. There's a few things that I've like just started and haven't had time to like get into, and it's killing me. Uh, Legendary, which is a comic book where I think it's the Fables guy. I think it's Bill Willingham, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. Took a a bunch of like dynamite properties. So it's like Green Hornet and Red Sonia and Vampirella. And I think the Phantom shows up and he puts them all in a steampunk crossover world. Oh. And I've not read it but it's supposed to be fun and i mean it sounds fun it is really them cashing in on the tail end of the steampunk thing it was like a year after steampunk peaked but i don't really care because get in while it's cooling off let's have a steampunk sky pirate red Yeah, sure fuck i'll read it just based off those words um it doesn't even need to be in the fucking popular time of steeple. No, it's me. weird that, that it's Red Sonia. Fun. that none of that tracks are Red Sonia, but it's just like, whatever it takes to get this made. And then I started, and I'm really loving this, uh, the Black Bat and Domino Lady in Danger Coast to Coast by Ron Fortier, which is a terrible name, I admit. But the Black Bat and Domino Lady are old pulp characters, like the Shadow or Doc Savage or stuff like that. And this book, it's a comic book, and Ron Fortier is just doing a bunch of short stories that may or may not be connected, I'm not sure, I've not finished the book yet, of old pulp characters who aren't Doc Savage or uh, the Shadow. So it's, you know, the Black Bat, who is somewhere between Batman and the Shadow. Uh, Or the Spider, who's just a fucking lunatic of a character. Or Moon Man, who is a man that fights crime with, like, a white suit and a Mysterio orb head to look like the moon. That's cool. <laughs> it's not, but it is over in word balloons. We did a season of me telling you about old golden age characters. One learning, reading more about pulps has made me realize like, Oh, this is not them being completely wild. This is at least partly them just like imitating pulp comics of, or pulp writing of the time. But also, we're talking about doing another season of similar stuff and I want to do pulp characters. And it might just be like all of the characters that appear in this fucking book because each and every one of them are fucking buck wild. I guess that's about, I I'm rewatching book of Boba Fett with my buddy who every time he hangs out, we watch an episode or two. So we're getting through slowly. It's a flawed show, but like, I don't think it's as bad as it gets credit for. Yeah. It. I just
0: feel like it's one of those ones where it, you look at it and you're like, this, is, this would be so easily better, though.
1: Yes, but- I highly agree with that. And honestly, the biggest way they could have fixed that is not making it Mando season 2.5 and taking those episodes that they devoted to, let's deal with Mando and Grogu, which is fine. Those are good episodes. They have no place in the fucking book of Boba Fett. I wanted this... To be about Boba Fett.
0: I I do love, though, when people whine about the, uh, the speeder bike gang or whatever. I are. like
1: them. I'm sorry.
0: The mods. Because, like, that is the most George Lucas shit that has ever been put inside a fucking Star Wars movie. Also
1: kind of Robbie Rodriguez, too. Like, there's, it's just, yeah. I, literally, the show would have just benefited from, like, actually committing to its concept and not, like... I need this to be a fucking slaughterhouse movie with Boba Fett. Like, it was never going to be that. It's fucking... No, but he's not even
0: really trying to be the new crime lord. He's not even really trying to be the governor. He's barely doing... He's kind of trying to secure his power and being even kind of shitty at that.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And I like the idea of, like, I'm going to be the Daimyo. I'm going to, like he's trying to build something and he doesn't really have the language for like what he's trying to do. And I would have actually enjoyed if they explored that a little bit, like, yeah. And I really think it's because they put in all of the Mandalorian stuff, which again, I watched like yesterday, so I fucking enjoyed it, but I didn't, it took out time. They could have spent investing in the main premise of the show.
0: I think there's a lot of people that would hate this idea, but I kind of wish it would have been a show where that's kind of what he wants to do, but he sucks at it, and it went more into the relationship between, like, Fennec actually maybe being the one ruling the thing behind the scenes and using him
1: as, like, the face and the muscle. Just Boba Fett as the puppet master? That could have been interesting. Yeah. I, I want more Boba and Fennec. I don't know. Like... There's some great shit in it, though. The, like, episode where a... Again, I love that I can just say the sentence as dumb as it is. A lizard crawls in his nose and he hallucinates until he becomes an honorary sand person is one of the best things Star Wars, honestly, has ever done. Yeah, no, it's great. I love that part.
2: It's just... (laughs) That gets me interested in watching this.
1: (laughs) I guess that's mostly what I got. Lower Decks is fucking killing it this year. It's a little listless compared to previous seasons but i think it does a better job than season three of like having the characters really grow they're kind of in a, a middle place here that i think it's they needed it to be in but i'm curious to see like where it goes cool yeah i think that's what we got for take this. a quick break and when we get back we'll talk about i think one of my favorite movies of the 90s we're about to find out <laughs> This might be a terrible way to lead into talking about this thing with it being a podcast about liking things but like we all picked this about a month ago that we were going to do this episode. We all got really excited about it cuz this, you know, the fucking fifth element. We're doing the fifth element. I don't remember if we've said that yet, but um I hinted it at it. Okay. Uh and then as I was watching it yesterday for the first time, I got kind of bored. Like my attention kept wandering. And part of this is admittedly, and I didn't bring this up with Justin because I don't know if it counts, I have once again fallen into the Hero Forge trap. Do you know what this... Oh, uh, when I saw
0: you mention it on social media, I spent the rest of my night making shit on Hero Forge.
1: Do you know what Hero Forge is? This this is a minifig. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a website where you can go and just design your own minifigs. I should show you Big D. And... <laughs> <laughs> and it mostly exists. It's supposed to be for like making your D and D stuff, but the Bellagarth Garth foam fighting nerd shithead community is super obsessed with it because we get to make little versions of ourselves and then not pay them the money to make it and just like take screenshots. This is, um, I, uh, I always... literally did this too. Nice.
0: Yeah. I was, a. Uh... Seeing how close I could come to recreating some different Mesoamerican gods using the resources. Oh, that's that they awesome! Have in there, I had a really good quetzalcoatl but um, pretty middling Tezcatlipoca.
1: I did. I made like four of them in the last twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it. It's a
2: great resource because I'll even just taking a screenshot because like I'll like I've used it for both the most recent D and D characters I've made. Just like this is what my character looks like.
1: Oh yeah, of just like for my DM, so they have an idea of what it is. At some point, I am going to order some models off them. Just like, hey, I really take advantage <laughs> of you. Like, I've spent so many hours on here, guys. A
2: coworker has actually uh, ordered some uh, Jamal. Nice. Uh, him and his uh, wife uh, have ordered a couple. They're gorgeous pieces. They're they really good quality, and like, I'm definitely going to order
1: some. Apparently,
2: they do a Black Friday sale slash it's Cyber Ooh. Monday.
1: Keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, part of it is I got distracted playing with Hero Forge when I'm supposed to be watching this movie for this podcast here. But, like, I kind of get away with it because I've also seen this movie God knows how many times at this point. I was
0: going to say that was my problem is, like, back when this would run on HBO back in the day. TNT for me. Like, Anytime it, any it was
1: on, we put it on. Yeah, because it's the fucking like, fifth element. This was the time when I watched it, and I am going to say nice things about it, even though we are also going to talk about the shithead who made it, I'm sure. Um, this was the first time that I watched it and was like, the graphics aren't keeping up no more. <laughs> like,
2: Although, I will say I watched two different versions. I had first watched it on Tubi because that was the only place that it was streaming for me. Yeah. That version sucks. There is a better version. Um, I believe it is the Blu-ray remaster.
1: What's the difference? I only the... watched the
2: Tubi
0: one
1: for this one. I just have it on DVD, so I have no idea what version I even watched.
2: Tubi one's for sure letterboxed or like formed, formatted to a smaller screen. Oh, okay. The, the remaster version <laughs> is definitely a, like an ultra wide screen view that has black bars on top, so they're like going real fucking wide. Um, I don't know what aspect ratio it is. And like noticeable quality uh, uh like like update I like, was like oh okay I watched the shit version for free <laughs>
1: I just it was the uh the scene where they're remaking lilu and like their the skeleton is starting to mm. show and I was like right 1999 graphics there, but
0: also uh, 1990,
1: 1997 is when it came out so it's probably like 1995 96. 96 graphics that said I, li- I, I like it. I feel like the CG,
2: in combination, what they use practical, really, well, and it's the- noticeable, but it's done in a, an aesthetic that I feel like works well together, that I feel like they're trying to make a decision and not have it be fully, like, we're trying to, like, make it look exactly, we're trying to make it look like a thing.
1: I agree. I just also remember watching that scene for the first time, and, I mean, that was 97, so I was 10? 11, maybe like it was a pretty new movie. The first time I watched it, uh, I was six, was <laughs> seven. I was six. born in 98. So 91, uh, or not 98, 88. <laughs> I was born in 88. Born in 98.
0: We in 97. I was born in
1: 98. Movie came out in 97. I just and- to go home. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I am Benjamin Button. <laughs> one of the practical effects, kind of, and I don't know why it wasn't this time. It's when the I don't remember what they're fucking called. The shape-shifting aliens, the mer mer
0: mur- 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 Oh, the uh, Mondoshians or something like that.
1: The yeah, whatever yeah. evil shape-shifting aliens. They're like squeezing the joysticks to fire, and one they're very clearly like joysticks from a fucking like Super Nintendo or whatever. Flight Simulator. Yeah, it, it's definitely um, like, yeah, some joysticks, not... But the, like... Not up, a cockpit The super thing. rubbery hands were, like, wiggling in ways that I was like, okay, that's not... But I also, like, as much as those stuck out to me this time, I agree with you that I don't give a fuck either. Because, like, I appreciate their commitment to practical effects in this movie. Like, my
2: biggest problem with the the cloning scene was just like how logistically fucking wild that concept is oh it makes no sense they're 3d printing the entire skeleton one layer at a time but they're doing it in two tandem pieces so they're like then like folding them into a complete skeleton rather than
1: just, like, printing it one layer at a time. feel like you've got way more chance to fuck up this way. I don't remember what the techno jargon was they used to, like, and now we're doing a blah, 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 to encourage it to grow skin. And I was like, that those were not words that made sense. Oh, bombarding Bombardier it with, with
0: greasy photon particles. That's it. The, <laughs> greasy photon particles?
1: That's what it says. Greasy.
0: Greasy. Oh, I... Th- <laughs> <laughs> that's worse, because I heard,
2: like, UV photon particles is what I thought I heard. And I, was I heard like,
1: greasy. I- yeah. That's like, so you're getting them with like the output of like a McDonald's, like about in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, that's
0: what would regrow my skin though. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> I don't want to just be like typical male pervert, but that might've, but Milo Janovich in that scene might be the first time I saw breasts. And being like, well, I'm going to remember this for a while now.
2: Definitely not the first time. My mom was very lax with um, uh, nudity in the concept of like movies. Like, she was okay with nudity in movies from the standpoint of that was cool violence and like blood and gore. Nah. But like, people topless, sure. You can see some tits. That's
0: fine. Fair enough. Women have them. It's a thing. I don't know. I feel like there must have been a different time that's back draft. that was a, a bit more for me. <laughs> see, I think, like, I think I had seen like Legends of the Fall before this. There's some nudity at the beginning of that. It's
1: just, really not like important on my, th- I just remember being like Ooh. die hard. Like, there was
0: showgirls
2: <laughs> specifically. There's, some, there's like a poster that he passes like multiple times of a topless woman. Mm. As well as I think also you see a topless woman in the Christmas party they're about to screw and then like the terrorists come.
1: Tent. Sorry, those sentences together. <laughs> Which they're not uh, terrorists. <laughs> uh anyways, this movie uh directed by Luc Basson. You did some research on this. Do we want to get over the fact that Luc Basson sucks? So what limitedly in I multiple
2: He there was multiple allegations of sexual misconduct one specific rape claim that went to court and then was subsequently
1: not dismissed
2: dismissed because of a lack of evidence, as well as several other people who made claims, but nothing happened because of lack of evidence. And that's all I could find, basically, but I did literally... marry a 16-year-old. Oh, also, yeah, did marry a, a 16-year-old who is in this movie playing the diva um,
0: uh, and then married Mila Jovanovic, like, like from this movie. Yeah, because he oh, started cheating on my win yeah. during this movie with Mila Jovovich. Um, and like beyond the professional is loosely uh, uh, what is her name again? I, I I don't know how exactly for sure to pronounce her first name, but it looks like my win. My win. That's that's
2: what I'm gonna go with. That sounds better than yeah. how I pronounce it. But my win claimed that uh, the beyond the professional was loosely based off of their relationship because she was like
1: 15, 16 when they started, uh, when they got married. When you were talking about it before, you said 15 when they got together, 16 when they got married, 17 when they had their first kid, and he was in his 30s. Yep,
2: yeah, and he was like 32 when it <sighs> started. And subsequently, the adult relationship with a uh, teenager is the premise of the loose concept of Leon, but he's an assassin, not a director, which is, <laughs> you didn't want to help. make it too on the nose all the more better. Um, so yeah, I don't know if he's done anything. Nothing's been like there's, he, he hasn't been formally charged with anything as far as I can see,
1: but there's a lot of fucking allegations. The only re I mean, okay. So two reasons to bring up one, we don't want to like ignore problematic people just because we like some of the products of what they make. But also because the part of what I was watching the movie for is the like, this movie has some of the wildest fucking like relationship with gender roles or kind of just like gender theory. I feel like it has absolutely nothing to say with uh, about
2: femininity. It is all about masculinity. Yeah, that's
1: that's really what I was going for. Um, No, the one female character with any like agency or ongoing stuff is born sexy yesterday.
0: I would even say it doesn't actually have much to say. It just plays around with things.
1: Yeah. They make every other character so... I don't even know if it's anti-masculine, but, like, so feminine, so... It's, I feel like... Just to make Bruce Willis look, like, hyper-masculine even yeah. more. I feel like Bruce where Bruce Willis's
2: character of Corbin Dallas is so hyper-masculine that every other... Um. Every other male character has one or another uncommon un- a, a trait that is con- deemed non masculine mm-hmm. that subsequently makes him so hyper masculine by juxtaposition. Every other character
1: is kind of weak or effeminate or both.
2: Yes. Um. Or clumsy. Or.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I meant with like weak. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I read up on this movie uh, more so on this watch, which was interesting. Apparently, Luc Besson started writing the premise when he was 16.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So Luc Besson is admittedly super into um, 70s and 80s Franco-Belgian comics.
1: Oh, yeah, because he's super into like Valerian and shit. He basically yes. did this because that's why he, he did didn't Larry. know if he was ever gonna do Valerian. Yeah, he was supposed to do Valerian next, and then it, it he didn't it, and then he did it years later and it sucked. I mean,
0: yeah, it sucked, but I,
2: I enjoyed it. And so that's also I why I still watch it.
0: Um and this is like watching it as a kid never would have noticed this. Comes through and like slaps me in the face now as an adult, knowing some of these references. Like the fact that Mobius worked on this.
1: Yeah. That explains why all of the designs are absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah, like I was just reading up on this. I now I got to pull up the Wikipedia because the like the costume designer was a fucking hot couture, um, oh, uh, fashion uh, designer yeah. who had just started his own line, like in like own fashion house, like the year prior to this movie coming out.
0: No, so or the, something like that. I, I want to make sure I don't fuck up the name because it's. Um, I was actually going to bring him up as well, uh, Jean Paul Gaultier. Uh, oh shit! I know was that name. Yeah. Arguably, <laughs> the most in-demand fashion designer in the entire world at the time,
2: and he designed <laughs> every one of the costumes for the uh, Floss in Paradise party. Like every every person in that entire.
1: Yeah, and it's fucking great. I um, will say, like, whatever kind of... Weird- and he was
2: on set, like, every day going over all the costumes. He made one jacket that apparently cost, like, several fucking grand. And I don't even know who has it.
0: <laughs> okay, no, the best thing about the costuming is that they convinced Chris Tucker to dress the way he does for Ruby Rod by first do- by doing a bait-and-switch where he designed something so horrendous looking for him that they've refused to bring it up. And that when he brought out what Ruby Rod would actually be wearing as an alternative, Tucker was like, yes. If the option is between that first one or this, this all
1: day. <laughs> I I love it. I think I, I, mean, I might have to agree with Tyler that like, it's not so much that he has a specific statement about masculinity to play with as much as like they're, they're, Exploring it a little bit, right? Because, because if Rod a... is the the biggest womanizer in the. Oh, and if there is a like kind of negative on effeminate men, it's completely countered by Chris Tucker's performance as Ruby Rod being one of the most iconic performances of the '90s. Like, dude, I.
0: Cohen, Cohen Dallas.
1: <laughs> it's hotter than hot. It's hot, hot, hot.
2: It's... Dude, this is a movie that I sub. I quote. Without ever thinking about it. Just as simple so as so often. Uh, like it's embedded its it's like and it's it's 90% of it is fucking
0: Ruby Rod.
1: When he's annoyed going bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> fucking Oh, oh my I've God, responded I to him people. In head, but
0: <laughs> like if things are good, like I've told them that it's super green before, just oh, not you've even. You've said thinking it to me many it. times. Yeah. Uh,
1: same. Same. It's uh, incredible. Or even just his final bit of, like, they save the world, and uh, the, the mm-hmm. like, younger priest goes to celebrate, and he goes, Ah! What's wrong with you? You're all crazy! I'm leaving! And <laughs> then just leave. leaves. <laughs> and then <it> just leaves, <laughs> so I'm like, Chris Tucker, you are perfect. yeah If you never did another movie, this is all I need to, like, enshrine you. But no, we still had, we got the masterpiece as
0: Rush Hour after this.
1: Yeah, we also unfortunately got Rush Hour 2, which I do not remember being good, but... And three and four. I never saw. Did they saw do a fourth this. one? I feel like they did I think a fourth they one. They did a fourth one? I don't think I
0: saw the fourth I one. didn't.
1: I didn't see the third there one. It was I think. a series of diminishing returns. Um, I definitely saw three. The
2: first
0: one's fucking great. Though, pre- you're right. Now I gotta look up if this is pre or post uh, Money Talks. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, uh, another thing though about the casting that's just fun. So. Gary Oldman doesn't like this. Movie. Oh, he hates
1: this movie. He did it. So they would, um, he
0: accepted that. doing the role without ever seeing the script because, um, Besson had helped fund one of his movies, uh, helped fund *Nil by mouth. If I remember right. Yeah. I learned for the first time that he, I, I, he's
2: never in a scene with Corbin Dallas. No, never. He yeah, was, it, right. they filmed completely separately.
1: Was it because they hated each other or did no, it just no. happened. Just happened that way. I just always wonder, because Bruce Willis is legendarily difficult at times. No, so...
0: Okay, Bruce Willis is legendarily (laughs) difficult at times, and it does stretch back further than this, but that really started to hammer home more in recent years as as his uh, condition started to deteriorate. Mm. I I can't remember what he has now, but... I
2: can't either. Uh, Uh, Also, I... Never realized Luke Perry was in this because he's only in the very beginning, <laughs> but gets a fucking like a credit, title Luke credit. Perry. Wait, which one is it, Luke, Luke Perry? Luke Perry. Oh, and he's, Luke Perry. He's the guy who's doing the drawing and taking um uh, tallies of every time they do the uh, Jeez, uh, light. Light. That's the
1: one I fucking do a lot. <laughs> if we're talking quotes. Oh yeah. Um. Wait, who the fuck is Luke Perry? Uh, uh, like, and just how am I not, uh, not
2: Reno nine one one? what is it, Beverly? No. Famous 90s TV show that I'm not remembering the name of, and my internet is going slow.
0: Oh, uh, he was diagnosed with aphasia early last year, although looking back on it, a lot of people are figuring it had started to have its effect
1: earlier. Hmm. That's one of the slow creeping, uh, Beverly Hills, 90210 is the one you're thinking of. Yes. And he was also later on in, uh, fucking Riverdale. Yep.
2: Which like modern day Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh.
1: Riverdale's the most wild show concept. But uh And unfortunately,
0: um like he has been full on uh diagnosed with dementia at this point. Yeah, no, and he's gone is... bummer.
1: Not yeah, not great. <laughs> I an in law of my stepsister dated him briefly so he went to like one family dinner or something where he was a giant douchebag that is Mm -hmm. so i have no like oh Bruce willis story it's just like a person who i met at my stepsister's wedding once my
2: bruce willis (laughs) story is pretty fine i was um something like 10 12 13 somewhere in that range um, uh, we had just moved to Montana and he was in Darby when we were living in Darby um uh, because there's there's pause up resort there's like yeah, fucking, there's a I, bunch of he, I think he owns a fucking town in, in um or at one point owned a town essentially like he just owned a bunch of real estate and like funded an entire town I think in Idaho. I could be wrong on that.
1: Especially in Montana around, like, he Flathead owns, Lake, there is quite a bit of...
0: Uh, he owns multiple businesses in Haley, Idaho. There it is. Oh. Um, And he has, like, a bar
2: oh, that Haley he just sucks. turned into a fucking... A blues bar or something. But, like, he was just in Darby, and my mom called me. He He went into the candy store that my grandpa owned and my mom worked at, and he, like was checking out some antiques a few doors down. And my mom was like it's fucking Bruce Willis. And she runs up and like doesn't run up, but like goes up to like, say hi. And it's like, Hey, do you know you're Bruce Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> what are you doing here? This um, is Darby. He apparently, I, I wasn't there for this. So this is what my mom described to me. Um, he, he jumps back and does like a little karate stance. It's like, ma'am, I know, I know Kung Fu jokingly of just yeah, like yeah. playing along and then just like talk, chatted with her and just, just says she loves movies and all this stuff. She calls me, says, get down here, bring, bring something for him to autograph. I of course don't bring anything. Cause I'm just fucking just like excited to go see Bruce Willis. And I, uh, uh he had at this point gone to the hat store across the store, uh, across the street. And I was just like, uh, Hi, Bruce Willis. <laughs> can I can I get an autograph? My mom gave me something from the candy store to have him sign, um, and uh, yeah,
1: he was I nice. Was, I, as much as my story was just, he was a giant dickhead. Like I don't fucking that. I was also no, a no, child. Was notoriously
0: kind of a dickhead at times. So <laughs> like, is... but also like. Also notoriously kind of a good guy at times. Yeah. Like he has a lot of friends. Turns like,
1: out people are multiple things. Yeah. And
2: uh... it'd be pretty wild for him to just be an asshole to a random person in a candy store. And also a child that's just like, <laughs>
0: hi, Bruce Willis. I love you. Uh, can I get a, an autograph, please? That's Apparently Mickey movie.
2: Mouse was going for
0: his autograph there.
2: I was. Oh, I was I was Mickey Mouse at this point. Full stop. Forgot I had met Bruce Willis when I would suggest. When we started this story. We, yeah
1: was there a scene in this that like stuck out to you as particularly funny in ways that it might not have. I mean, like the scene that I didn't think was that funny when I was a kid, but I think is fucking like one of the best scenes in it is the fucking neighbor trying to rob him. Oh, see, when I, I always kid, thought that was funny when I was a kid. I was like, I'm not whatever's going on. And then like watching it now, I'm like, this is comedic fucking genius. When I was a kid, I just loved the, uh, I am a meat popsicle and smoke you. Is that his neighbor?
2: I thought those were two separate people. I thought that was his, his neighbors. The guy like who says smoke you and gets like arrested.
1: Oh, I always but assumed the, uh, the robber was the same. Oh
0: no. I think the robber is somebody else. Oh, okay. That'd yeah. be baller. Really ballsy move to fucking just like, Hey, I'm going to fucking this rob movie my neighbor. This is fucking wild, man. I like, mean, it it's... is wild. Uh, it is very wild. This so this watch through for me, I finally was able to like pinpoint something and like articulate something that like it always was for me that I'd never been able to before because I just had never was able to put together everything so much, but I probably watched this movie for the first time around the same time I saw Heavy Metal, the movie, for the first time.
1: Oh, and this is... This this is
0: basically the
1: family-friendly version of Heavy Metal. They got sued. Because he's basically (laughs) just Harry Canyon. Yeah. Have you ever seen Heavy Metal? The first one, not Heavy Metal 2000, which is a fucking wild movie about Tarna? I I don't know, but I think I've only
2: seen Heavy Metal 2000.
1: Okay, so the first Heavy Metal is a vignette of shorts... They're all circled all... around a plot device, which is a little glowing orb. Called a Lochnar. Sure. Uh and it is uh, one of the worlds is basically the character that Bruce Willis plays. Like one of the main leads in it, including uh flying taxicab driver. Yeah, he's um I think it's the First, no second vignette because you
0: get introduced to the Loch Nahr before it goes into mm-hmm. Harry Canyon. Yeah, he's a cab driver, futuristic cab driver in New York that has a run in with a gal and this, the, the Loch Nar thing. And his that one, Philip plays out a little bit more noir style and is even narrated noir style.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and like he hooks up with her and then they're gonna partner up to do the deal to sell this thing. And when they sell it to this guy, as soon as he looks at it, it goes all like Raiders, the lost Ark and melts his face. And at that point she decides to also double cross on Harry and he ends up killing her and getting the thing and like going home for the day.
1: It ends up being a very different story, but like he is just Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. Um, and that's like this, the scene you were talking
0: about with the, the neighbor trying mm-hmm. to rob him. Like, it just reminds me so heavily of him disintegrating the guy in the back of his taxi.
1: Yeah. Uh, unexpected tie in that I forgot of our next episode. The, the cop, the one that is like refusing to start chasing him until they mess up his McDonald's. Oh, is Mac McDonald. Yeah, He's the
0: commanding officer in Red Dwarf.
1: Uh-huh. Nice. Captain Hollister.
0: But also his name is Mac MacDonald for the double joke. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> uh, I think the bit that uh, was funniest to me on this watch was the the bartender. Would uh, you like some more? Yeah, I don't know why, but that one just really tickled me this time.
0: <laughs> uh, Ian Holm is great watching this. Uh, just because somebody brought up one of his other characters to me the other day, I couldn't help but think of how awesome Rowan Atkinson also would have just knocked
1: out that Part like modern day Rowan Atkinson, like
0: any Rowan Atkinson, although, okay, <Yeah. laughs> and it's not necessarily like I want to see that, but like
1: as I was watching it, I was like, oh, oh hey, he could do You're this. You're right, he could have done that, yeah. It wouldn't have been as good as Ian Home, but he could have done it. It does amuse me that the president is Tiny Lister, Tiny Lister, <laughs> Debo from Friday. Is it Debo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: Mind melts. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. Somebody's lucky they didn't get knocked the fuck
1: out. <laughs> Especially with the way they talk to him as the president. Like he might knock him uh, the 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 scientist guy out I, at the very end. Who's like, no, you can't see them. Uh, but I very specifically
2: was like, dude, that's that's kind of a. F- I get it. You're on a time crunch, but like, go fuck yourself, Bruce Willis. Here is like he's talking to the president about like. And the president tells him how long before they get to the fucking... They mm-hmm. basically have to do get there and set up the Fifth Element shit. Um, and he's just like... I'll call you in three hours I'll or ca- something like that? Well, then I'll call you in three hours. And it's like, okay. Get it. You're either going to do it or everybody's dead. And
1: uh, I wasn't thinking of that part. I was thinking of immediately before where he's like, Mr. President, is there a point or something like that? Like... Yeah. The fucking president of... Humanity. I think. It just, <laughs> the president of all humans just called you, man. You can be, like, a little more polite. I also, like, I very much
2: enjoyed uh, the, the aircraft crew. Blowtorch and all of the uh, parasites?
0: Oh, right. What the
2: fuck are these parasites? Where are they from?
0: I have a feeling that those parasites are connected to the entirely scrapped B-plot Of the garbage worker strike that you only see pop up a couple times in the background, but there's a giant garbage worker strike going on in the background. Which is why there's fucking garbage everywhere. Which is why there's mountains of garbage.
1: Garbage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and apparently he's like, there's a heavy environmentalist theme to this movie because there's garbage in a lot of scenes. And you're like, that's not an environmentalist message. Like,. You, I, you can't just put garbage in the scene and call it... I mean, it
2: is, like, one of the only, like... It's one of the few sci-fi movies that does allow, like, grime and stuff. Like...
1: Yes, and I like that, but... Y- but also, <laughs> fairly bright, too. Like, it's generally, like, a lot of day daylight. Mobius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Mobius does the designs, you're going to use a lot of bright colors. Like, it's just how he rolls. Yeah. God, the Mobius designs...
0: So, good. so obvious though, Too now in retrospect,
1: I do think it's funny and I think it has something to do with the masculinity stuff that every, uh, I guess crew person at the floss in paradise ship is wearing just boy shorts, like full regular uniform and then fucking boy shorts. He's like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm really not qualified for this. Oh, and
2: I, and this, this was a watch through that I put together that the, the, the... I forget his his name and or class whatever, but the guy who's like talking to him about negotiating.
1: Um, where, where did he learn oh, to negotiate
2: Lee Evans. like that? Yeah,
0: you, I, uh, from Mouse Hunt.
2: Yes, um, uh, and also
0: there's something <laughs> there's something about Mary.
1: Yes, <laughs> this movie is weirdly stacked with like B movie actors. It's it's just a weird, interesting movie with a lot of interesting people in it. We actually found, and I found this after we said we were going to do this movie. So this is, I just love how weird confluences like that happen. This movie is directly called in to, uh, in the Blue Beetle movie. Because there's one scene where the Blue Beetle forms like a gun arm or whatever. It's the fucking gun that Zorg is showing off. To the, like... The ZF-1? Something like that. It's got the yeah, the flamethrower and the missile launcher and the blah, 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 blah. Oh, It I... was my favorite scene as a kid.
2: Oh, 100% <laughs> same.
1: Oh, the replay it was fucking mind-blowing.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And the fucking, uh, the flamethrower, the pl- poison that darts. That said, the
1: ice thing is dumb. I, I did yeah, not so... like the ice. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I just...
2: <laughs> if it's got everything else, why not have ice, too?
0: Maybe I got to freeze this person so I can break off an arm. It's like one of those Swiss Army knives that also have the toothpick, like it's useful, but you already got everything else. <laughs> I mean
2: like I'm not gonna really need the toothpick, but that one time I do,
1: I'd be happy I have that toothpick there. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a picture of the the two guns next to each other, which is great for this audio medium that we're doing, but it's Oh, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's so good. It's really an impressive little bit of like, this is my favorite kind of Easter egg where it's not just like kicking you in the face with it or distracting from the plot, Mm -hmm. but you still get to send your little love letter to whatever. It's like, there's a very famous Todd McFarlane Spider-Man cover and the background is straight up Tokyo from Akira. He just traced it out and he told the guy who created Akira and he's like, that's amazing. (laughs) Awesome. I love that kind of stuff. That's great.
0: Are we going to try and describe the plot of this movie? No, no. Well, So (laughs) what I was about to say, though, is I'm surprised at how well this plot actually, like, you can follow it and it makes sense. Considering when you start looking into, like, the making of this movie. It's a two-hour movie. Like, decent size. It's a 400-page script. How? He started it when he was 16. I know,
1: but still, like, it's...
2: He wrote, like, he kept writing it and, like, adding to it and, like... Before like the in like the early 90s, before, when it started to get into production, like I want to say like 91, 90, 90 something like that. I, I don't remember the dates exactly. It was a 400 page script before it got handed off to someone to turn it into like
1: a, a script, usable script. OK. And even
0: then, I think it was turned into a trilogy first that they then condensed down into one movie. Uh-huh.
1: Wild, which okay. is also what happened with Valerian, which is really funny. But that's part of Yeah. Let's see if I can do this. Just a like, uh, evil is coming to Earth, and it's literally just evil, basically the source of all evil.
2: Yeah, that's,
1: is is coming to Earth. It's a big, it's a big ass planet.
0: That, that's sun. That's evil. That's evil. Also, Earth is majorly fucked at the end of this anyway, but we can get into that.
1: Uh, because every... Good point. I've never thought about that, but good point. Every 5,000 years, the light of creation has to be re-ignited with the five <laughs> elements. <laughs> that pilot light just keeps going out. and uh, But if <clears throat> the darkness is there before the light is set off, the great darkness takes over, which is just fucking Alan Moore swamp thing, kind of. And uh, uh, all, all all life will be doomed. Doom. Uh, and yeah. So all life becomes the death, from and all Die life hard becomes has darkness. To stop it, along with Mila Janovich. Who was who is born sexy yesterday. I'm but, sorry, I keep saying that, but it is the trope that really made me understand. Do what you born know sexy what, yesterday what they're setting is. up?
2: Because I still don't quite. I've seen this movie a lot, and I don't. I don't know what they're fucking trying to do. Like, I always thought she was supposed to be a clone of one of these aliens. And it just happens that any of these aliens are fucking a perfect being.
1: I always so just what thought I... she was with the duck aliens.
2: but That's just how I think of them. But. but like, because it's like a hand that they had on the ship that they're, they're cloning to build the rest You're of the right, body, that's... which doesn't make sense to me that the, then why the right, re- other than the little bit of the expositional dialogue they give you of like, well we only
0: really fucking fuck with these 23 but they have 2 million more so my headcanon for this is <laughs> that they basically explain that her dna is so advanced that not only does it hold genetic memories but it allows her as long as she exists she is basically learning and absorbing things from around
1: her well and it's definitely implied that like and he can s- just bring the the scientists can just bring people back as long as there's like four cells mm-hmm. alive
0: So him being able to bring her back as long as there's something there combined with her super fucking DNA that allows her to just absorb information from the world around her. It's kind of like how in Red Dwarf, the cats came about like they evolved in this place made for humans. And so because she's being built by human technology, surrounded by humans in this room with a bunch of them looking on she's modeled basically in their image. I never thought about it that way. I like that. That is
2: essentially kind of what I was working with. I like, had always
1: just assumed there was a random hot woman with the duck aliens. And see, like, I feel like the duck aliens, which I feel weird that I
2: don't know their names, um, but they say i like twice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think my headcanon has been more in line with, tyler's bit of like what we could create from what we had of their dna
1: is essentially Mila Jovovich, and then they kick ass together but oddly like for as much violence as there is there's not i mean
0: it's it's comic book level violence
1: yeah so this whole thing it's much, like it's a
0: love letter to 70s 80s in Franco-Belgium comics, it's a love letter to Valerian in a big way. And but well she only as... has,
1: like, the one really cool mm-hmm. scene, and then she immediately gets shot up. Um, yeah, that's true. I just, and I, really, I think what I'm going with there is just, I mean, she seems so iconic that when you actually watch. She doesn't do a lot in this movie. And I didn't quite realize that till I was watching this movie, like, really, let's go through what happens in this movie. And it happens... This whole movie does take place in the space of like two days, two days maximum. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> fucking wild to think about. Which they get to Floss
1: in Paradise in less than four hours. They mention that, which they
2: like. It makes sense in retrospect, and I've never questioned it. But like, I've act- that's the weirder part that I've never questioned the amount of time that goes by. I've always just like, well, yeah, they're just doing this shit. They're there. They're they got in the plane, they went to sleep. They're I bed.
1: don't understand why they go to sleep on the plane. Like, obviously, the crew doesn't, but they're like, so we can go faster, we're putting you all to sleep. I think the 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 logic behind that is that they're all asleep in
2: stasis, so like they're not going to be jostled by the fucking turbulence of them going mega hyper fast. Because they're, okay. they're going to a different fucking galaxy, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Going Meanwhile, to a, the cat... A whole, or-
2: or not galaxy, but they're going to a different fucking constellation. So, like, a whole different star, star system.
1: Yeah. Apparently, does not matter, that, though, too much, considering that Ruby Rod is actively giving of Cunilingus. sorry. <laughs> during. What is. Is that like the Mile High Club? The.
2: <laughs> it, it, your. The Lightyear Club?
1: Yeah, there's gotta be something. I never felt like this before. I swear. I swear. <laughs> it's not a human. <laughs> <laughs> or just, I don't know why it's one of the things that like, I've seen this movie so many times and I've noticed it before, but that I was like weirdly impressed by is like, as they're kind of landing or slowing or whatever, her legs are going back down to the like landing position as.
0: So the, <laughs> there are some just brilliant cuts that like match up with things like that. The other thing I noticed though, is cause I keep coming back to it. Ninety seven percent of the times that the camera cuts in this movie to something else. If you just took that frame of what it cuts to, you could build a comic book of this entire movie.
1: Interesting. I'm going to have to. There's
0: not a lot done uh, like super technically. There's not a lot of story told with the camera movement. It's all about what the camera is framing. Interesting. Part of me now wants to rewatch this
2: movie
1: for a third or fourth time in the last week. Yeah, I might have to watch this again in a couple of days, especially in the comic. And that explains why I fucking love this movie so much, because it is a, a comic book movie. A lot of what Marvel does, these guys were doing back in, like, 1997. You, um, also, it, Mr. Kim's the best. I'm this, just going to throw that out there. The The food truck guy? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. He's always great. I always love him. I just love that. Like,
1: you're up in this, like, super mega high-rise, and so they just... And a floating Chinese junk shows up and... Dude, just, like... Gives you a... Fucking would love it. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It's the best of all worlds. It's, it's, like, private dining, takeout, delivery? And those smaller food carts, or, like, more personal food carts that seemed, like... You see, I see them in Asian movies, Japanese mm-hmm. movies, Chinese movies, uh, that, so it seems to be more of a thing there that it's like, it's a food cart, but there's also a place for you to sit and eat at the food cart as opposed to a lot of American food carts, which seem to be like, get your food and get the fuck out of here. Cause we don't have room for this. What if a food truck, what if
2: MAD chicken, a local food, uh, truck came and delivered to my fucking dining room table? Love it. And I got to chat to them while they build my food.
0: Love it. And it's a nice old Korean man <laughs> who just wants good luck for you. You are fire.
1: <laughs>
0: well, at least I got free lunch. Yeah. Oh Notice, uh, 10 minutes before that. Um, what fucking Zorg's, uh, guy was telling him like the business things and he's we'll like, fire oh, one of the da, da, ones, da. like
1: the cab company.
0: And then he got fired from Zorg Enterprises.
1: Yeah, I feel like there is some commentary on (laughs) megacorporations that... I feel like this movie wants to have a lot of commentary about a lot of things, and it just... It doesn't put any time into doing it Exactly. It's saying a lot of things. Not really... Nothing particularly well.
0: Not making any real
2: commentary about anything.
1: Strongly. Not Not making a strong argument. Over on Word Balloons, you asked about other people doing Star Wars things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were talking about stuff coming out today, but like this does have a Star Wars kind of feel to it to me. And I think part of it is that like Star Wars was a little more Flash Gordon than like seventies European Mm -hmm. sci-fi comics. But like a lot of those are tapping into the same Bane and part of it's the practical effects, but like there is something kind of obviously it's not star Wars. It's not a galaxy far, far away. It is like, here's earth. The moment earth shows up, I'm like, well, this isn't very star Wars, but you could take the shapeshifter aliens, put them in the original series and they would not look other than maybe the fancy Zorg gun. They would not look at all out of place. But also like the fancy Zorg gun is not theirs. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess they have like, Bullets in their guns, but although those, every gun in this has just an unlimited number of bullets
2: that, yeah, that is pretty fun. Just the amount of just rubble created from there mm-hmm.
1: is Bruce Willis. I keep wanting to call him John McClane, even though I know he's Corbin Dallas is Corbin. Corbin Dallas supposed to be a super soldier or something. And like, I know he's like, I'm a badass Marine, but the, I think he's just retired. I, I mean, I think you're, a, I think
0: that's a, not like an engineered super soldier, the but one he's scene like, that made
1: me question is the scene where he's like, uh, shooting into the, um, into the cabin or into not the cabin, the, the bridge of the ship. And he's like, all right, let's see how many people there's blah, 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 blah this many, this blah, 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 this way. And then he just looks over and like. Shoots like ten people in like three seconds, and then relists it. And it's like, I know you're supposed to be nineties manliest of Mannington men of Mannington. but you no. Know, when I feel like he was when supposed he's to, getting like, X special forces. Yes, yeah, there's X special forces, and there's whatever the fuck that scene. Was. And
0: I think he's supposed to be like battle
2: hardened. And I think the premise is that he's basically battle hardened for this future.
1: <laughs> I th- see. I think. After that scene, I think he could fight the Predator by himself. Like, when they
0: bring up he was special forces and when they're recruiting him, his printout on, like, all the things that he's qualified to is do super long. is, like, comically long. And, and I think that's where it's supposed to be, like, yeah, that's he's
1: that good. And he's the only, I just, for I don't did know. Did he just retire or did he get fired? He retired. Good for him. After it destroyed his marriage, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, you know how it is like every once in a while, you would be watching a movie and there'll be one minuscule detail that will take you out of it for whatever reason while watching it this time. That was the one that I was like, really? That's the, like, I don't know the magical fucking double-sided 3d printer or punching through the glass, like the unbreakable glass which I'm pretty sure when you show her right before she punches through it, you can see some of the, like, outline of where the breakable part is. (laughs) Or when she dives through the wall that is clearly tinfoil. Similar thing of when she's doing the, like, threatening look and they literally just have a tiger growl (laughs) happening. Or that she'd be interested in Bruce Willis. (laughs) What, with that bleach blonde hair, you think she's going to be able to avoid him in 1997? Ooh, good point. This is like peak Bruce Willis. I mean, he still has hair. So he's doing better than I am. Although, I don't know.
2: I think I like him bald. Also, completely unrelated. Taylor,
1: are you trying to decide who you think peak, or what era is peak Bruce Willis? I am (laughs) trying to decide what era I think peak Bruce Bruce, Well, I mean, I think most people are going to say Die Hard, but like, I think. But which one?
2: Probably the first one. I don't know. I kind of like the rugged uh, nature of his look in Live Free or Die Hard. But, but I don't Olympics. like it in uh Die
1: Hard with a Vengeance. No, the third the fourth one, fifth one. I thought that was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Let's see. There's Die there's Hard die 1, hard.
2: 2, 3. There's Die Hard 2, Die Harder.
0: <laughs>
2: die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, okay. Live free or die hard. A good day to die hard. Oh my god. And Live for your Die Hard, I do like his grizzled old man look. I don't like it in A Good Day to Die Hard.
1: A Good Day to Die Hard is the worst name of a movie possibly ever.
2: Uh, It's the worst of all of them, too, and it's also uh, the one that I uh, I definitely saw in theaters with my whole family.
1: I don't know if I've ever actually seen Die Hard 2, but I definitely use whatever harder as a joke for a lot of things whenever a sequel comes
2: up. Oh, it's great. You should also watch uh, Die Hard 2. It's very good.
1: Isn't it the one that always just is like it's not as good as the first one?
2: Basically, but no. also it's, it's different. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He had quite a run for a long time. I don't I don't know. It's, I'm not even saying it's necessarily this movie. I'm just saying no,
0: like that I'm looking at it I'm like, "Oh, well I would say that it kicks off here, but then I keep looking at what he's doing and I'm like, "Oh, I'm well, no, that was good. Oh, well, no, that was good. I think he just looks good at a lot of points. <laughs> like, I just
1: think the 90s this is probably his, like, peak
2: decade as an actor. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is his least attractive one, now that I think about it, though. That's the third one. That's the one with Samuel L. Jackson.
0: All right. Go for, go for some grizzled... Uh, uh, <gasps> Bruce Willis as John Hardigan in Sin City. Although you know who could get some.
1: How do we always end up like <laughs> where is our peak attractive of random guy when the three of us sit in front of a microphone together? Especially ever since we started Mary. Fuck I was Hill, actually originally left,
0: looking but... at peak for like his career. And oh, it was okay. like, he was peak a lot across a long time yeah. with only a couple dips. And a few of those dips are movies I still really like. I really like Hudson Hawk.
2: I do too. It's really fun. Also, also has, uh, Andy McDowell, which Mm -hmm. I just saw her in something ready or not. That was another movie that I ingested that I forgot to mention.
1: Mm. He did a bunch of good movies he's great. I'm not a huge fan of his, but like, I'm not anti a fan of his. He just most, he's one of those actors that he plays Bruce Willis more than he plays like different people. He's Bruce Willis. if Bruce Willis was a cop. Bruce Willis, if he was a space taxi driver, Bruce Willis, if he was in a romantic comedy. And that's not a bad thing. There's a lot of actors I love because they play themselves in a situation. Bruce Willis, if Bruce Willis was playing
2: Bruce Willis as a heightened character on Friends.
1: That's right.
2: I forgot about that. He dates um, uh, Rachel, but it's not Bruce Willis. But it's basically Bruce Willis. Hmm.
1: Bruce will not Bruce Willis. Friends has the, like, most weirdly, like, high cat uh, cameo list of, like, insane talent popping up. In some cases, because, like, oh, let's bring in the characters from ER, and it's George Clooney, but before George Clooney became, like, I megalomaniacal like, movie star and was still on ER. But still, like, fucking George Clooney famous? Like, yeah. Like, they got a lot of
2: big pull from, like, really notable people. Like, not, like...
1: We're fucking Robin Williams in a random scene with um I can't think of his name. He was um in Princess Bride and uh uh when Harry Met Sally. The main oh, guy Billy from Crystal. When, Billy Crystal, thank you. That was driving me fucking nuts. Uh I was like, the guy main guy from Princess Bride is isn't in Harry Met Sally. There's a random fucking scene that is really just Billy Crystal and Robin Williams playing together, like, and ignoring the cast of friends. Which fair enough, and then leaving it has nothing to do with the episode. It's just like, oh eh, they're huge names. You want? Let's put them in for a little.
0: Pluff Laguna song always slaps. Yep, I fucking love that scene. That's the,
1: probably the thing that stuck most with me for all of time. I, I'm gonna put it as the best scene in the movie. I, I definitely listened to the soundtrack. Weirdly I had the enough. soundtrack so I could listen to that song. I, I'm I'm with you guys. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Weirdly enough.
2: On both my watch-throughs, that was the point where I started to lose focus. Mm. I think it was the cross-cutting between that scene and and Leeloo's fight with the uh, guys to try and get a case that doesn't have the stones. Something about that made me lose focus on it. I ended up just, like, falling down a rabbit hole of looking up information about the movie on Wikipedia. But mostly, I'm just listening to the music at that point.
1: It felt... The, mu- the music felt more 90s to me than it had in the past. Like, it did more kind of a product of its era than it used to. The electronic beat behind That's that, That's really especially. what it is, <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. It, it is still good. I love the 90s, even though it was a fucking trash decade in a lot of ways. I just, I fucking love that song so
0: much. Uh, also, interestingly... Um... Not possible for the human voice That's to That's what sing. I thought, yeah. You can get like nine, like one of the top 10 opera singers in the world can get like 98% there. But it is literally impossible for the human voice to do some of the things that that does. All the notes were sung, but then they were digitally spliced together in that way.
1: That's what I thought, yeah. It bums me out now that I know that that was his wife that he was cheating on with Lilu. <laughs> Oof,
2: that sucks shit. Oof. I don't like that at all.
1: Infidelity. Damn you, Luke <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stop
1: ruining the fifth element, Luke Besson. You made too good of a movie. Yeah. I guess this movie is wildly divisive with, like, critics, which is weird. I always think of it as, like, this absolutely beloved movie. Same. But it's it like... also was nominated for Razzies. And it that, got like... a lot of, like... Best of the worst. He was nominated list.
0: for Razzies?
2: That's what I was seeing on the Wikipedia. I didn't see what he got nominated. I got to
0: take a look at which ones.
2: Yeah, I couldn't find that, but I also didn't. I wasn't strained too far because we we're recording. that didn't. This care might enough. be
1: the episode where we have like let's pause and go to Wikipedia more than we have any other episode combined. <laughs> oh,
0: Mila got the nom for worst supporting actress in 1998. That's the only Golden Raspberry that I got.
1: This uh, bullshit. Okay.
0: And she she lost to uh, Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin. <laughs> okay, that that is deserved. But she also like
2: was worse, was considerably bad in that. Like I don't get why. Like that seems like fucking harsh to nominate her at all for like that role because I don't I don't think she did. I feel like Mila Jovovich did a fairly good job with Lilu.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Didn't... I've bought a fucking multi-pass, like 3D printed thing that I put my COVID vaccine card into just so I could go multi-pass.
2: Yeah, dude, I, that's somehow something I want to quote yet can't do <laughs> enough. Um, uh, I, And well,
1: I've known I've somehow forced a... I think of it a not insignificant amount of times that I have to show my something driver's the, license to people. Something about
0: the cadence of the... Lilou Dallas Multipass. Lilou Dallas multi-pass. I was looking at the wrong Razzies, though, to start with. It was actually at the 18th annual ah, Golden and see, I was started looking at the,
2: the 21st instead, mm. so I, I went the other direction.
0: This, this is just as interesting as looking at some of the other things. I'm like, oh, but I liked that movie. Oh,
1: oh, but ooh, I
0: have terrible taste, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that the Razzies kind of suck shit.
1: Razzies kind of suck shit and also like it's okay. Some of these though I'm
0: like no I get it though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Batman and
0: Robin. Yeah there's a lot of Batman and Robin on here. (laughs) Yeah like 11 Batman and Robin noms that year. Friend of the show. More than Speed 2 Cruise Control somehow.
1: (laughs) Friend of the show Yui fucking loves Batman and Robin but like that's the kind of thing. It's okay to like bad things and movies that are trying to be campy on purpose so Batman and Robin this uh Sin City tend to be and I think that I don't think Sin City did Razzie stuff, but like tend to be Razzie bait. Yeah.
2: Oh, Chris Tucker also got nominated uh for Oh, for well also yeah, that that, that answers my question too. Uh Money Talks came out the same year as uh Fifth Element.
0: That okay, yeah. Busy year for him. Uh, Chris
2: Tucker in Fifth Element and Money Talks as Ruby Rod and Franklin Hatchet um,
0: uh, was nominated for Worst New Star. Fuck Um, off. Yeah, terrible. (laughs) Also nominated for Worst New Star, the animatronic Anaconda in Anaconda.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: (laughs) And and also, who won that
2: year, Dennis Rodman for Double Team.
1: I forgot he did a movie.
2: Oh yeah, Uh, a couple movies. Oh my god, Rodman. When you like... When you actually hear
0: the winners of them and like the of the, I was like, oh, okay, yeah.
1: I think some it's of these are just funny where,
0: though. Howard Stern in Private Parts as himself.
1: Didn't Howard Stern even hate Howard Stern in Private I think Parts? So, so some
2: of them feel like they're very like aware, but also some of them just feel that feels like mean to Chris Tucker because like one, I love, I love Money <laughs> <bloody> Talks.
1: <laughs> um, Rel- I feel rel- like rel- they relay. know who the winner is, and then they just have to pick a couple other people to, like, uh, finish the format.
2: And, like, I know that Chris Tucker's, like, in hindsight, I realize that, like, Chris Tucker's an insult comic, so, like, getting nominated for that category at that point in his career would not be that, like, he could take it. He'll be fine. Uh, but, like, it does suck shit. Mm-hmm. It is Ow. still mean. <laughs> it's very mean,
0: and I don't like it. I also just love some of these joke hat... This year, they had a category, Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. Conair <laughs> Con Air won. Oh, well, the, yeah, that... <laughs> that makes sense. They fuck up the strip and that whole fucking... Over uh, Batman and Robin, Lost World, Turbulence, and Volcano.
1: Batman and Robin does turn a bunch of shit to ice. Yeah. I don't know if we have... a we...
0: Good movie. Yeah, Fuck off critics, great movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel
2: like I've seen this movie every year It's since it's came out. I feel like maybe less in the last few years just because it's not on syndication.
1: <laughs> but I, guess, I do
2: feel like I put it on.
1: Yeah, like I guess the only thing left I have on it is something Cece mentioned that she appreciates that uh, this is not a movie that takes itself seriously, which is what makes it work. Because if it did all of this and tried to be like a mature take on whatever, it's going to fucking suck shit. Yeah. But it,
2: it put all of that energy into making it look really fucking
1: cool. It's like as much as I love the David Lynch Dune movie, part of the reason it doesn't work is it thought it was doing adult star Wars mm-hmm. or like Zack Snyder's rebel moon does look good, but I'm a little worried the moment that he's like, we're going to do a dark mature take on star Wars. I'm like then you have missed the point. <laughs> This has that same level of taking itself seriously as star Wars, that it's aware that it's some goofy ass shit that they're having fun with. Oh, okay.
0: One other thing I noticed this time around don't have much to say about it, but I also thought it was kind of funny or not funny. Weird. Almost took me out of it a little bit in the very beginning when the aliens go and get all the stones. And then, you know, the one can't quite waddle fast enough and just has to like stick the key through the thing. But then the aliens just, like, leave their boy, like, like, they have, Even like, as a interstellar kid, I was, travel. Like, they and, also like,
2: have the
0: key. The, yeah. The key got out. He, the, the, You can just open that. Which, now, in <laughs> hindsight, where was their
2: fucking homie? Did they, I mean, they don't really show, like, them, oh, oh, they, they get the key, but they don't really show them going in there or anything. They're just, like, kind of just, like. Exterior. Then they show them into the interior chamber where they're got to be. Basically, they don't really show them open the door. As far as I remember,
1: the duck aliens are fucking bizarre. Um, <laughs> I um, love them. They do look like something out of Babylon Five. It's, they remind. Oh, I was going to say also that
0: uh, they look like they could be cousins to the Fogons. <laughs> uh, oh
1: no, I want to watch uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, an
0: underrated movie.
1: Or
2: they could also be uh, some sort of random uh, like. Footman of
1: a bad, uh, of a big bad from uh, Power Rangers. I could see that, or just the Mighty Ducks cartoon. If the Mighty Ducks cartoon got a live action and went cyber, yeah. I'd love the Mighty Ducks cartoon, Duke Laurent. Anyways. <laughs> Before we get farther afield. Uh, Next time, we will hopefully have a guest over, but I'm not going to say for sure yet because we'll find out. Uh, We will be watching the first season of Red Dwarf. We've been talking about coming back to Red Dwarf since we filmed that first one in 2020. And we're going to redo some of the episodes we did before. So that'll be... Whoops. Uh, (laughs) But we'll be doing the whole first season, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, In the meantime, we're your Generals of Nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed!
0: Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it as the whole world is around on algorithms and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the EarVerm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, e-a-r-v-v-y-r-m.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.